Why do people buy NFTs? It is a mechanism for them to express what they believe in, what is an extension of them, and what they want the world to know about, right? So when I buy, I'll just use a, a, an analogy, not from, let's use CryptoPunks. You buy that because it reflects who you are, it reflects your ethos, it reflects your values, it reflects you being part of that community, right? But then what happens? That thing sits in your wallet, and nobody can see it. Well, it's, it's, sometimes it can see it because you put it on Twitter and as your profile photo, and you know you're like, okay, this is my profile photo. Or if I am, if I can, I'll just go and look at your address and and see what everything you own over. But the power of storytelling is missing today from NFTs. You know, if I have a hundred uh, NFTs, I can't tell a story through them about me or why I collect them. And that is a missing element that Coinbase NFT wants to solve, which is we believe we want to give you. The first, in our, in our opinion, the first true Web3 social profile. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast. Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved. And we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Matt, Alejandro, how are we doing? Doing great, doing great. Doing amazing, man. Glad to be back again. Indeed, indeed. Well, we got a, we got a special special episode lined up for all our lovely listeners today. Uh, we have Sanchan Saxena. He's the VP of products at Coinbase. He has a, a very long track record for spearheading product at some really amazing companies and is currently at the helm of the Coinbase NFT products. Um, prior to being the VP of products at Coinbase, he was the head of product management and GM at Airbnb. He was the founder and head of product at Instagram Shopping. The, uh, he led product teams at Yahoo, Microsoft, and more. So this guy has a very, very solid understanding of how to create products that are, are have a very seamless and impactful user experience. And I, I think in the, the NFT space, user experience can use a lot of iteration and can, can be a lot more seamless especially as you really try and bring on this mainstream market. So really enjoyed having him on, speaking about what's in store with the Coinbase NFT products, how NFTs will influence consumer culture, and some just generally speaking principles for effective product management. What stood out to you guys? Yeah, look, I mean, Coinbase is such and has been such an important onboard ramp to the crypto ecosystem, and it's going to be the same for NFTs. Um, and it's going to be a critical platform in bringing the next 100 million users into the space. So I'm excited to hear about how he's thinking about um, Coinbase's role in driving mainstream adoption for this technology. Yeah, Matt, you make an excellent point with the onboarding uh, of being so critical, Coinbase being that on-ramp. You know, I, as I remember, like you and, and I have both bought our first Bitcoin on Coinbase back in 2014. So that was instrumental. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is like, how Sanchan addressed the conversation around the keeping the separation of church and state on the, the, the differences between the crypto uh, you know, marketplace and the NFT marketplace and how they're going to be differentiated. Those were some really key points that I, that I, I as a privacy junkie, really, really enjoyed on, on that capacity. And just overall, his knowledge of product is just mind blowing. 
Yeah. Well, this is a really, really special episode. Uh, very excited for you to dive in. One last point before we do so is if you haven't already, definitely want to make sure you've uh, subscribed to our newsletter at nftnow.com. We synthesize all that's happening in the NFT uh, landscape, market, ecosystem into a very actionable newsletter every single week on Wednesday. So if you haven't already, just go to nftnow.com. Without any further ado, Santran Saxana. Santran, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, folks. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we're, we're very, very excited. It's a rare, rare episode. You got the, the whole NFT Now founding team. We would love I know we're going to dive into a lot about the, the different products you're working on, but uh, just to set the stage, can you talk a little bit about your journey at Coinbase and how recently it's kind of evolved into some of the stuff you're doing with, with NFTs? Yeah, happy to. Uh, I joined about a year, some months ago, last year, basically. And uh, since then, I've been focused on building the next set of products that Coinbase wants to build and to participate in the ever-growing Web3 ecosystem. So I lead products like uh, all things related to DeFi. So when you come and earn yield uh, on Coinbase, um, that's the kind of product my team builds. Uh, My team also builds NFT Marketplace. Uh, As you might have heard, we are uh, in the process of building and launching that. And in in essence, when we think about the ever-growing Web3 ecosystem, there are lots of new opportunities, both adjacent to Coinbase's current business line, but also net new opportunities where we think we can add tremendous value. So that's my radar uh, of focus, so to say. And uh, that's where I, my, me and my team spend a lot of my time. Love that. I love that. So let's let's talk a little bit about just like what inspires you about NFTs in general and what's sort of the mission behind bringing Coinbase NFT to market? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, uh, or rather such an early innings in NFT, the different people are in it for different reasons. We'll tell you why we are excited about it. So traditionally, if you think about the creator economy uh, and all the artists that are a part of that, They've had to live with the Web2 moniker of how to reach their audience, how to connect with them, how to build their uh, their community, and how to then monetize their art, their music, etc. When you think about the NFT technology, it is, first of all, it's not just limited to, uh, to profile photos. As you all know, it can be applied to many, many different technologies. Profile photos are just the first incarnation. The reason why we look at this and feel like the creators now, for the first time, have the power dynamics flipped in their favor. So let me give you two concrete examples over here. One is that the creator now for the first time has a direct relationship with their audience. The intermediary, and let's talk about a few things. Let's say you're on YouTube, you're on Instagram, or you're on any other platform. You're actually going through an intermediary, which is fine because they are doing demand aggregation for you. However, at the end of the day, you don't own that relationship. If you leave YouTube, basically you leave all your followers behind, all your buyers behind, so to say. Um, But in this world of NFT, you have a relationship on chain with those people because you know who those buyers are and you're connected with them. And you can take them wherever you want to take them uh, with you. Two, the relationship has evolved. I mean, there's a law in America, I forget the exact name of the law, but it's like the law of first sale or something, where the idea is that after you sell something, Sam, if you sell me something, or Matt, if you sell me something, after that, if I sell it to anybody else, you have no right to the earnings from there. But NFTs flip that, where for my entire lifetime, if I sell an art from Sam or Matt or Alejandro, I will owe X percent of royalty back to them. So that uh, earning potential is also very, very large for the artists. So we are in this to completely revolutionize. And as you know, we are the technology provider. We are not an artist community. (laughs) Coinbase is the technology company. And our focus is how can we make the technology that empowers these creatives to reach their full potential by focusing on what matters to them the most, which is their art, 
their music, et cetera. And we build a platform, the technology pieces that help them realize their potential. That's incredibly fascinating, Sanchen. So you've spoken about the go-to-market strategy and the importance of NFTs right now, but what's in store for Coinbase NFT? What does that entail? Yeah, I think there are lots of exciting things we were working on. So first and foremost thing is, we are building this by leveraging the power of the blockchain technology itself. So let me explain that a little bit. You can take two approaches. You can take an approach where, well, blockchain is cumbersome, too technology intensive. Let's build a closed loop ecosystem where everything is off chain and people can buy and sell very easily. That would be a web to equivalent of building an NFT marketplace. We're not doing that. We are actually embracing the idiosyncrasies and the positives and the negatives of the blockchain technology and bringing it to the customer base in a way that they can still participate in that. So how does this manifest? If you participate in Coinbase NFT, all your NFTs are on chain. They, we store all your metadata on IPFS, not in centralized servers of Coinbase or on IPFS, which is a decentralized technology base for you to store metadata um, of your NFTs as well. So we want to bring all of that decentralized power, the power of provenance for the artist on chain. Two, on the consumer side, let's say my mom wants to participate in NFT. We want to make it so easy that a caveman can do it. What I mean by that is, you know, if you, if you, if you just to give you an analogy, um, if you ever buy Bitcoin on Coinbase, it takes three steps to buy Bitcoin. And by the way, it takes three steps to buy tomatoes and Instacart. It's that easy. You know, and the idea being that you should be able to come to our interface and as a as a regular uh, a buyer of, uh, of music NFTs or profile photo NFTs, whatever that might be, you should not have to worry about the jargon and the technology artifacts associated with that. So when you come to Coinbase NFT, it'll be super easy for you to connect your wallet. Or if you are uh, one of the 72 million registered users of Coinbase, you will not even have to do that because we already have a, you already have an account, you already have a wallet with Coinbase, and you'll just be able to buy and then custody those NFTs in the safe environments of Coinbase as well. And you will never have to worry about, is my NFT protected or not? So those two places are really important for us. One on the creator side, give them full control, give them full provenance on the blockchain. But on the consumer side, make it so easy that anybody can participate in buying uh, NFTs as well. That's really interesting. I love the I love the, the focus and the intentionality on on-ramping and the easeability of use and purchasing. Because I think, you know, you guys have such a massive user base that you guys are onboarding through this process. Um, with that said, what are some of the differentiations that the marketplace will have from, you know, the other existing marketplaces that it's going to differentiate you guys from, you know, the, the current competitors in the landscape? Yeah, great question. Uh, one thing I want to mention in the previous uh, answer as well is that imagine a place where you can actually buy NFTs with dollars. You know, that's a powerful ecosystem for many who do not want to convert into ETH or Ethereum or some of those as well. So that'll be part of the offering as well. So, so when we think about the landscape, a couple of things I want to clarify. First of all, the NFT pie is an ever-growing pie. There's like massive opportunities for everybody. I don't think this is a scenario where uh, you know one person will control everything. And by the way, you can look at the history of internet as well. I mean, there was eBay that was very successful in the early days, captured a lot of market, but then there were many new incarnations that verticalized that industry and actually innovated on that. So I want to set that stage clearly. We don't want to... Uh, come in uh, from that mindset. What we are coming in as a mindset is there are, there are a certain set of creators and then there are a certain set of users who will benefit from the product ethos of Coinbase and if we provide those experiences to them. These people tend to be people who are um, uh, on, the, on the buyer side, tend to be people who 
love to participate in art, love to participate in music NFTs, but just do not want or do not have the ability or time to understand the nuances of it. So on ramp to that will be very easy. You will be able to set up an account very easily, set up a wallet and find and buy NFTs very, very easily. That's the so, like that's the superpower of our company. We make uh, we want to make the slickest, the most beautiful UI, the most beautiful experience possible for someone to participate. The other thing you might have heard a lot is like self-custody is a big revolution in, in uh, Web3 world, and we want to support that. So if you have a MetaMask wallet or if you have a Coinbase wallet, you'll be able to participate there as well. But a lot of vast majority, I almost believe the next 100 million users that will come into the NFT domain will love somebody to actually custody those millions of dollars of NFTs somewhere. And I think that is another superpower. That's another differentiating factor. Can you just define what that means for people that might not be as familiar? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. In crypto slash Web3, the movement is that you own your own keys and you have the key to the locker in which you are storing your NFTs or your Bitcoin or your Ethereum. And that's a very powerful movement where you are your own bank, you are your own uh, custodian, and you are able to hold everything on your own. However, there is also power to be had where a company like Coinbase or others as well in the marketplace can actually keep those things on your behalf in a custodial solution that is highly uh, secure, is highly scalable, and is trustworthy in the sense that uh, 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 it's protected. Everything you put in there is protected. So that's the solution that we have helped uh, 73 million registered users of Coinbase be able to leverage when they buy Bitcoin, when they buy Ethereum, you don't have to necessarily manage your private keys. You don't have to be your own bank. You can trust Coinbase to be that person for you. So that's the power uh, of Coinbase that we also want to apply to NFTs. Now, just to be very clear, we will support both the movements, the movement of self-custody where people want to be their own bank and want to custody that using MetaMask, Coinbase wallet, et cetera. And at the same time, help the 72 million registered users who have trusted Coinbase with their Bitcoin, Ethereum for many years to also trust us with their NFTs as well. Amazing. Love that. I think, um, and I just love a lot of the intentionality that you're really bringing to this as to how you really want to interplay with the ecosystem at large, not necessarily try and monopolize anything, but really just contribute and, and bring forth a, a way to really unwrap a whole new market, which is what's really exciting to us. I think there are, the, the general consumer is very deterred by the current user experience of getting Absolutely. on it. Even a lot of the like web three consumers are still deterred and just willing to like roll up their sleeves and push through the actual process. So I think that okay. having that at the forefront of the product is, is very important and valuable. One question I have too is um, like the, the social and discovery discovery side of this I- I experience, right? I think historically a lot of people as they talk about NFTs talk on the, the side of identity and being able to showcase and have this digital identity and now bringing this sense of digital ownership into your, your social identity online. And then I, I think that the social and discoverability are, are very synonymous to, to an extent because like how I am expressing my stuff to you will also lead to your experience of discovering other NFTs and other products you want to support. So I'm very curious how you're thinking of involving um, discovery and the, the social components of this experience. I think you hit something uh, really important. 
And this is one of our thesis when we are building this marketplace. So let, let me use some analogies. And again, apologies, analogies break at some point. So I'll push the analogies as far as I can, and then we'll talk specific. Why do people buy NFT? It is a mechanism for them to express what they believe in, what is an extension of them, and what they want the world to know about, right? So when I buy, I'll just use a, a, an analogy, not from... Um, uh, maybe maybe we'll just use let's use cryptopunks you buy that because it reflects who you are it reflects your ethos it reflects your values it reflects you being part of that community right but then what happens that thing sits in your wallet and nobody can see it <laughs> well it's, it's sometimes it can see it because you put it on twitter and as your profile photo and you know you're like okay this is my profile photo or if i am if i can i'll just go and look at your address um uh, and, and see what everything you own over there. But the power of storytelling is missing today from, from NFTs. You know, if I have 100 uh, NFTs, I can't tell a story through them about me or why I collect them. And that is a missing element that Coinbase NFT wants to solve, which is we believe we want to give you the first, in our, in our opinion, the first true Web3 social profile of an individual who owns NFTs. So you can showcase NFTs to the world. So what will happen that you will be able to connect multiple wallets that you have, multiple NFT addresses that you have and curate one profile for Sunshine, right? And then be able to say, look, here are all my NFTs. Here's why I bought them. Here's who I am. This is what they represent. And that thing is hidden in a wallet. I mean, uh, I always joke about this. Imagine someone told you, uh, the only way for me to know what's, uh, what Sam is to look at his Google Drive. You know, like, oh, let me let me open the Google Drive and see everything he has. Oh, no, <laughs> that's not the case. That is the equivalent today was like, I got to open up your address and see everything that's inside of it. No, I can actually go to your LinkedIn. I can go to your Twitter. I can go to your Facebook and actually see a lot more about you. And you can curate who you are um, through the power of these visuals. So we believe that is missing in, in Web3 today. And we think Coinbase has a really good shot at actually creating that canonical Web3 profile where you can connect behind the scene all your wallets and we can pull that over and showcase one profile. And just as a reminder, we are going to be a multi-chain platform. So you can connect your NFTs from Solana, from Ethereum, from Polygon, from anywhere, right? And you can have one profile to showcase everything that you own to your friends and family. The second piece is that undiscoverability, Sam, that you talked about. It's really important. Today, if you want to discover NFTs, you have you randomly stumble upon those things, right? I mean, uh, you don't know a lot of those things. So we think um, we can borrow uh, some inspiration from other uh, platforms to actually build a discovery platform on Coinbase NFT, where the most popular NFTs, the NFTs that matter to you, come to you. You know, I'll give people an analogy. You know, when you want to buy toilet paper, you can use a search engine. You go to Amazon.com, type in toilet paper, it'll give you all the toilet paper because there's no inspiration behind it. But remember, when you might want to buy something inspiring, and let's say a Lamborghini or a sweater or anything else, a search is not the right answer. You know, inspiration is the right answer. And search box is really bad for inspiring people. You know, and we've seen that in Web2 as well, and we've seen that other places as well. And what we believe is powerful is a social network where I get to know what Sam is interested in, what he's buying, what Matt is buying, what Alejandro is buying, and be inspired and learn from them. And then say, oh, wow, that NFT represents me too, and I want to buy that too. So that discoverability angle through social will be super powerful. That's incredibly fascinating. I love all these different elements of the onboarding process. And so are you planning, because I, I heard you say like little things about, you know, Mooncats and different projects and different elements that we've seen. And we've seen a lot of our, our friends here as people pleaser, you know, coming on board, Blau coming yeah. on board as well. And there's a lot of questions around cross-chain support. 
you That's know, right. is that going to be available from a Tezos perspective, from, you know, Solana, things of that nature? Yeah, so our uh, vision uh, is that this is a one-stop shop for all NFTs across all chains. That's the vision that we have. But with every great vision, you got to take small steps to get there, you know, and you can't get there in one one day. You know, I always joke about this, the Taj Mahal took 20 years to build, you know, it wasn't built overnight. So, so it's a similar journey, Alejandro. So we want to be that place where uh, if you come to NFT, uh, Coinbase NFT Marketplace, you should be able to buy with one wallet, a Solana NFT, an NFT on Polygon, Ethereum, whatever that might be. And then you should be able to showcase that as well very easily. However, we're going to be starting with Ethereum first and then add all these blockchains and the ecosystem around that blockchain rapidly thereafter. So in the end state, yes, but in the beginning, uh, people should expect Ethereum community, which is where we believe there's a lot of activity right now. And people are, 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 are knocking on the door, so to say, to have a, a great solution uh, to help them scale. And speaking of on-ramping and onboarding, will fiat be easily accessible from day one on the launch? Great question. So um, uh, can't share the exact timing of this, but what I can tell you is you'll be able to buy in three ways. You'll be able to buy using uh, the crypto in your wallet. So let's say you are buying an Ethereum NFT. You'll be able, if you have Ethereum in your wallet, you should be able to buy it. Uh, you should be able to uh, buy using dollars, uh, like I mentioned earlier. Um, uh, and the last one is uh, when you buy those things, you will be able to, to store I'm going to use the word store for the audience rather than custody, which is a technical term. But the idea being once you buy, you can custody it with Coinbase as well. And like a little follow up on that in, in terms of storing, will I be able to like, you know, easily transfer? So let's say I buy it on Coinbase. It's awesome. The marketplace is super simple. Is there going to be a closed loop system or is it going to be open to transact between MetaMask and other things? Yeah, great question. So this is our design thesis. This is a product thesis is that from day one, Coinbase NFT marketplace will be an open ecosystem. So uh, you will never hear me say, okay, you can buy here, but you can take out of here in six months, in nine months, in a year from now. You know, I will tell you on day one, you'll be able to take it wherever you want. See, that's, that's what I meant when I said earlier that we are actually embracing the decentralization concepts around being building things on chain and that's the power of what we are building it's not a closed loop system another thing i want to clarify for your audience is that if you if you are a creator and you want to participate in coinbase nft you don't need my approval or anybody's approval it's an open ecosystem you come in you create a profile you mint it you start your business you start your profile journey as well and that's an intentional design choice because uh, i mean we could have shipped something way faster if we build a closed loop system but we decided to embrace the ethos of uh, of crypto and build it as an open system. So yes, so Alejandro, on day one, man, if you buy something, you can take it wherever, to MetaMask, to Coinbase Wallet, to anywhere. I'm, I'm curious to abstract a bit into just the, the future of NFTs and mainstream consumer culture. Just look at what happens in a couple of years, five, 10 years, as like yeah. mainstream adoption becomes a thing. Like, feel like this will become a standard part of consumer culture. People will, like, I know you worked on Instagram shopping and like that's a mainstream shopping product. Like, do you feel like the average consumer will start to engage and shop for NFTs? I, I think um, I think the answer is yes, um, I, uh, and I'll share why I believe that to be the case. But before I do that, I'll sh I'll share a couple of observations, uh, which is that with every new technology, the initial phase of euphoria with any new technology is of experimentation. 
Right? So you're going to see a lot of experimentation. We're seeing profile photos as a great mechanism to experiment with NFTs. But just as you guys know, NFT technology is not limited to that. You can create music NFTs. You can create a bunch of different things. So what I see happening in the next year or two is a verticalization of NFTs. So you can, um, and this is, I'm saying this on your podcast for the first time, but like, I believe music NFTs will be huge, you know, huge, you know, with the two U's in there, you know, it's going to be massive. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, uh, and I'm very excited about that market. So, so what I mean by that is the first trend you're going to see in 2022 and onwards is that verticalization. I call it verticalization, which is just to use an analogy for your audience. Imagine Amazon selling books, you know, and then it went into CDs and it went into other things, right? Because the online technology became sophisticated enough for you to buy anything, right? It's the same thing over here. I expect verticalization happening. So from profile photos to photography to music NFTs to others will happen a lot. And I, I think 2022 will, will set that stage. Beyond that, I also think we will see a new set of participants join this revolution. So the, the NFT revolution started because a bunch of crypto enthusiasts, crypto aficionados, if you may, like CryptoPunks, Mebits, et all these people came together and started building NFTs for their purposes only in the beginning, right? And, and that's typically how revolutions start. Uh, but you're going to see brands jumping. You know, you're going to see Adidas, Nike, um, uh, Anheuser Bosch, etc., jumping in to leverage this as a way, as a means to driving uh, customer loyalty. Uh, I mean, it's very clear. When I was in uh, looking at some of the photos from uh, NYC NFT, I mean, there were lines of people wearing uh, Board Ape Yacht Club T-shirts in New York, you know, wanting to get in and participate in those offline real-world events. So I see brands absolutely capitalizing, and because of those two things, and the third thing being companies like Coinbase who have the onus and the responsibility and the desire to make it so easy that anybody can participate in this. If we do our job right and we simplify the, the technology complexity, the onboarding of those users will be, uh, will be much easier. So these three movements make me very bullish that we will find niche for everybody. If I love music and I love music NFTs, I'm coming in. You know, I didn't like the Board Ape Yacht Club maybe, but I might like uh, a, a music NFT. And, and the fact that brands are bringing in and the use cases are evolving from just buying and holding to actually real world outcomes is very fascinating. So um, if we ever meet again in 2023, you know, and talk about this in 2024 and talk about this, I'm pretty sure every chart will be up and to the right and you will see mass adoption because this is inherently what human humankind has done for years. They've always bought things that represent them their values, their ethos. And this is just a new way to buy that thing again. Yeah, fully agree with that. Um, you know, I love, love what you spoke to about humans. Everyone's have always bought their beliefs and you know placed value there. And this is just the digital version of that. Um, it's just a digital I, version of that. That's right. I, I know you mentioned um, that Coinbase uh, NFT will have uh, multi-chain support. I know you mentioned Solana as an example. I'm curious, what other chains are you looking at there, and what does sort of like the timeline look like there? The what we try to do is we uh, we try to follow the customer, so to say, to it as an analogy to to describe what we believe in. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of activity in Ethereum, just like everybody. So Ethereum is our starting point. We believe some of the uh, uh, the historical uh, NFTs as well as the new generation is also happening there. But we also are very cognizant of the activity that's happening on Solana, on Polygon, Flow, um, Tezos and others as well. Uh, so we're keeping our eye and what we want to do is we listen to our customers and, and want to build the best product for them. And as our customers dictate where their demand is moving, we will continue to be one step ahead of that to help them uh, meet that demand. So I would say you can see us uh, in the next six months or so 
adopt more and more chains as fast as we can. Cool. No, that makes a lot of sense. And what are your thoughts too? I'm just curious to hear your thoughts too. On as someone who is looking to onboard a lot of new users, um, there's a lot of discussion about you know L2s and potentially other L1s being more like newcomer friendly due to gas fees. So just curious, like what your what your thesis is there? Yeah, I, I think that that is absolutely right. That a lot of customers today, a lot of users today, view gas fee as an impediment to adopting NFTs. You know, and and I think even Vitalik has said that. Probably Ethereum is not the, like layer one is not the right place for NFTs to explode. Maybe we should look at L2s as well. Uh, and I think I think that's the right thesis is that today one of the biggest impediments is the gas fees. I mean, you can see all the memes on Twitter about, oh my God, I paid $1,200 in gas fee. You know, so so there's definitely that that uh, that challenge. Uh, so what I would say is, you will see a bunch of L2s like Polygon has shown. Uh, they have onboarded. Uh, if you look at the data, they've onboarded lot more new users uh, in the last six months to the NFT ecosystem and the Ethereum ecosystem overall because of the uh, uh, not so many, so not so much of a high gas fee for them. So we will continue to support that movement as well. Um, but having said that, I think there is something about Ethereum and the community over there. You know, if you look at all the creators, they're passionate about seeing Ethereum win and they, they put all sort of say eggs in the same basket in terms of creating their next NFT on Ethereum. So I don't see Ethereum going anywhere. You know, I see all the top collections still uh, being created on Ethereum. The, the trick over here would be how do we deliver value? Any any artist who's trying to create a new collection, please remember you got to deliver value to your community, you know, and that is really, really important. And they will come to you even if they're paying $120 in gas fee, if they find value. So I'm very bullish uh, on Ethereum as well and continue to see L2s uh, and other L1s like Solana's also see activity over time. That's incredibly fascinating that, that loving that capacity. And so in the, in that in that age of protecting the consumer and making sure that the consumer has an incredibly great um experience, you know, what is the, what do you feel like the future of NFTs and mainstream consumer culture look like through the lens of Coinbase? NFTs in 2021 have penetrated culture to an extent that I did not anticipate happening before you know i believe in 2022 and onwards we're going to have to move at the speed of culture you know the way cultural revolutions happen is this happened very slow in the beginning and then they happen very fast after that right so the last two or three years yeah nft not nft etc but i started seeing a lot of uh, let's just call them uh, people who not crypto native uh, be actually participating in the nft revolution when i went when i saw the excitement in in uh, miami Art Basel and NYC NFT um, as well. Uh, so I see a lot of that already happening. The way I think about culture uh, being impacted is I think we need to now start thinking about where is it that people start to spend time and their resources in advocating for their success. I think music NFTs will be a great revolution over there. Uh, there's a stat on, on uh, uh, from Spotify who said that the average artist or the top most artists made like $50,000 a year after having 23 million um, uh, Spotify streams. That is just fundamentally broken, you know? So, and as you all know, music is an essence of every culture and every civilization out there. And people love their music. People love supporting their artists. So I think in 2022, if music NFTs take off the way we are hoping they will, we will be further embedded into culture. And Coinbase's role over there would be to make all of this possible. Build the right ecosystem, build the right on ramps, make it easy so anybody can participate in that. That would be the thing. I, I love to lead with 
culture and less by technology. We can build all sorts of technology, but if the culture doesn't adopt that technology, nothing's going to happen. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to the leading indicators here, which is music NFTs, NFTs uh, that are beyond profile uh, photos and actually tying them to real world outcomes um, will be the two major revolutions that will bring more and more consumers uh, into the NFT ecosystem. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And very excited for what's shaping up to be a very strong year for music NFTs in 2022. I think, uh, yeah, and, I mean, that's just an exciting industry too, where it really empowers the creators of culture, which is the kind of critical part of our mission here at NFT Now, empower the creators of culture and foster mainstream adoption around NFTs. And I think it's cool because not only is the, I mean, it's just a perfect example of how, Artists sometimes have been a bit marginalized um, relative to some of the other institutions at play and how Web3 as a, as a as a movement and technology can really bring back lots of power to those creators and create a more equitable model. So yeah, and Sam, if I can share, yeah, if I can share a stat, I mean, look, uh, in the Web2 world, uh, uh, the intermediate, the, the platforms could take as little as 30% to as much as 90% of the earnings and keep it with themselves. And if you look at the NFT ecosystem, the highest any any platform is charging is two and a half percent. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the other ninety seven point five percent is going to the creator. Right. And two, not just the first time, like I was mentioning, but repetitively, recursively for future. Right. And that has fundamentally shifted the incentive mechanisms. I also predict that a lot more people would want to be musicians. A lot more people would want to be photographers now. A lot more people would want to be artists now because they see it becoming a, a, a career and life-fulfilling uh, uh, dream of theirs coming through life through NFTs as well. You know? And not be like, you know, I made it from art perspective, but I can't right. make it from a bank account perspective. You know? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's, that's where this gets really interesting and exciting at scale because like, you look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how for many like self-actualization is a very like privileged place to get. And like, there needs right. to be a lot of privilege in your life to even get there. But now there's like this opportunity for a better economic model for creative prosperity. So without getting too like woo woo, like society can in theory start to, to reach the self-actualization and creatives can create for themselves and for their communities. We've seen even within the current iteration before music NFTs have truly taken off, there's lots of lots of the breakout artists have been doing their services as commission to brands, creating a Nike commercial with their 3D, 3D design talent, but now can actually like creatively express themselves. And then they are just so much more fulfilled by being able to have their own creative outlet, not just have to sell their services. Absolutely. And, and the distribution power is amazing. I mean, internet, first of all, gave everybody distribution power to billions of people. You can put up a website and you can reach a billion people. But NFTs give you even more because if you can build the right community around uh, your art, around your music, you have one other power economic, that in, at least in my mind, is very exciting. You know, you look at a company like Patreon, you know, a great company. It has helped artists generate micropayments, like $5 a month to support my stand-up comedian, up-and-coming stand-up comedian or up-and-coming artist, right? And, and what NFTs allow you to do is you can actually participate by supporting the early journey of an artist when they become big later on. That part was very hard to do in, the, in, in, in other, other technologies. So I can support an up-and-coming artist because I believe in their work. And one day when they become big and they, they are successful because others believe in that too, I also win because I supported yeah. them initially. So in my mind, we're seeing a dynamic where if I, if I can borrow this analogy, every fan can be a VC. 
Yeah. They can actually invest in an artist that they believe in. Yeah. You know, and help them build a business. No, I mean, it gets crazy too. And even just that level of like ownership, like actually having ownership as a fan creates a deeper sense of ambassadorship as well. So even when we throw all in business and think about referral engines and virality, right? Like now there's this actual deeper connection of, of authentic and true ownership of your fandom and of the artists you want to support. So um, yeah, and even outside of just like the art, I mean, it starts to just for like different niche communities. Think about the metaphor historically of different, like how there used to be, and you speak about like this vertical is nature kind of citing Amazon and CDs. Like, Think about every niche forum that has existed to date, right? Not even necessarily different pillars of art, but these are just generally speaking, general communities uh, united around a shared topic of interest. So it, gets, it all gets very exciting as we create new models of engagement, financial prosperity for fandom, not only for different art, but for different topics of interest and passion. That's right. And, and these fans, these true 200 or 1,000 fans of yours are going to become your biggest marketing machinery as well. They're going to be vocal about you. They're going to help you grow as well. So I just love this new symbiotic relationship between the buyer and the seller, so to say, if, if I may use that analogy, versus back in the day when I just wanted free music, <laughs> you know, and, and people were just stealing music and stealing art. And that is no longer necessary because the incentives on both sides can be aligned very, very effectively. No, it makes total sense. And look, you know, I, I know you have a long track record um, for heading product development, um, products used by millions, you know, from Instagram to Airbnb, now Coinbase. Um, and I feel like prod or given your lens and your understanding of product, you know, like as we mentioned, the UX for a lot of these Web3 NFT projects really leaves a lot to be desired. I think it's one of the biggest uh like impediments towards fostering mainstream adoption. So I'm curious to hear like what do you feel like with is is your process for sort of developing these sort of like more like seamless and intuitive UX user experiences within good products. Yeah, I think we are absolutely missing the apple of uh, Web3. <laughs> you know, we are absolutely Amen. missing that. <laughs> you know? uh, but jokes aside, I mean, um, uh, I have a lot of admiration for what they've done in, in other industries, but like you can apply similar principles in anything you've worked on. Um, and I'll give you some of our, our thesis on how we build products and how we think about building these products. Number one is you you got to work backwards from your from your user rather than working forward from a technology. Oftentimes what happens is well, this is all the technology you can do. This is the user experience you can build on top of it. And boom, you take it to the market. Rather work backwards from your customer and understand what truly are their needs, what truly are the problems that they're experimenting, and then invent the technology needed to actually solve for that. And I'll give you a very specific example here uh, from Coinbase's history. I mean, I always believe, I still believe, and, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, it's easy to buy Bitcoin on Coinbase than it is to buy it in many other places, you know, as primarily because we held a very high bar for what the technology investments we want to make to make it so easy that the UI layer can then be innovated upon very, very quickly. So I think that's number one principle for us is like always work backwards from the customer. Uh, the second principle I'll tell you is this is something that I learned from Brian Chesky, who's the founder of uh, Airbnb, and he's a designer, you know, at heart, and he's a CEO as well, but a designer at heart. He used to say, he used to say, design the 15 out of 10 experience for your customer. So let's talk about it for a second. A 15 out of 10 experience would be you show up in an Airbnb and Oprah is welcoming. I don't know, some some crazy shit, you know? It's like, oh my god, this is out of the world kind of an experience, right? 
but probably not possible at scale, <laughs> right? You can't have Oprah everywhere, <laughs> as an example, right? Um, uh, but, but most companies, what they do is, what most, most product people, what they do is they start out with a seven out of 10 experience. You know, it's like, okay, what can I ship? What can I build? What can I quickly do? You know, and what ends up happening is that it always disappoints the customer around there. So for us, it's really important that we take our time, understand the user's need, and then design the ideal experience for our customers and then work backwards from there to actually ship something that we'll be proud of and that people will um, advocate for. And this is something that I'm really, really passionate about as well. Don't just throw 10,000 things at the wall and see which one sticks. Actually, take your time. Be intentional about your design choices. Be intentional about what you want the user to experience and that then ship that product that people will fall in love with. I always tell my uh, my friends is that, you know, your product, if you, if you play with any product, uh, Matt, um, you will notice one thing. You can look at the product and actually see the choices that people who made the product made and the values that they have when they make those choices, right? Because every choice you make is, is a proxy for what you value. You know, if you don't do X, that means you don't value some of those things behind that, right? So I think it's really important to focus on that. And we are very excited. And again, the jury is still out. We'll see how we do when, when we launch the product and how much people like it or hate it. <laughs> but we are hopeful that everything that we have learned in our experience, we can build a super product for people and, and that they will love and hopefully will continue to use it over time. Absolutely love that. And very, very excited to see it come to market. I, I think too, one thing I want to probe on deeper in that kind of the design journey as a product leader. Um, I know earlier on in our conversation, you mentioned that you'd actually kind of spoken with some of the people that were on the Coinbase NFT waiting list. I think right. in like product development, this notion of customer development, really getting a deeper understanding of customer needs, goals, pains, desires, um, is at the forefront. So I'd be curious for you just to talk a little bit about how customer development works its way into your process for product development. Yeah, I actually have, I would say in the last nine months, I've practically chatted with every NFT, take the, the top 200 uh, collections right now. I've chatted with all the founders of those collections and understood, deeply understood in one-on-one -on -one fashion, what motivates them and why are they doing what they're doing and what are some of their pain points around there. I think it's very easy to sit in some ivory tower and think you know what the community needs you know, and ship it and, and, and fall flat on that. I think it's really, really important. So we've talked to, to hundreds of customers, we've talked to hundreds of creators as well. And what we've learned uh, from them are the key pain points that they have. And what I'll, I'll tell the audience is that the job is to understand their pain points, not to understand the solution that they're advocating. Because oftentimes customers don't know what they want, right? They just know they have a problem. They want that problem to be solved. And it is our responsibility as product people and engineers and designers to then design the right solution that solves their problem in the most effective way as well. So the customer development journey over here is such that I want to immerse myself in Discord. I want to immerse myself in chatting one-on-one -on -one with these creators. I've chatted with CryptoPunks founders. I've chatted with everybody out there to understand what their pain points are and then go back to the design board and challenge all assumptions. You know, oftentimes what ends up happening is when you're making art, when you're making product, when you're doing whatever, you sometimes operate with a lot of assumptions. You know, you operate with a lot of constraints. And I think what I ad advocate is start with first principles, start with a blank slate, design the most ideal experience and the ideal solution first without constraints. Then over time, you can lay in the constraints to ship it. But in the first, in, in the first initial journey, you got to design without constraints as well. So that has been our journey. That's been a process. Understand a lot of the pain points, go back, challenge all assumptions of technology, challenge all, all assumptions of product, and then innovate on behalf of those customers. 
I love that. I love that. And you know, I think a lot has been made of the idea of NFTs being a gateway for people into crypto. You know, I, even anecdotally, I've seen my friends and, and people, my industry contacts who uh, I'd previously spoken to about crypto and the like, didn't really pay it much attention, but NFTs have made it impossible to ignore. Um, so I'm curious, to, I'm curious in your approach when you think about uh, your user base and, and growing Coinbase NFT, you have your existing uh, user base that, you know, at least has some sort of experience in setting up a wallet and, and crypto, even if it's very uh, surface level. And then you have a lot of new people who are probably joining Coinbase in real time right now because they want to get Ethereum or whatever to buy NFTs. How do you think about those two kind of like use like uh, those user bases, and then also like existing you know you know users who are kind of down the rabbit hole who are savvy and trading and the like? It's a lot of different kind of consumer mindsets to to address. So I'm just curious to hear how you build like one product that serves them all. Yes, I think that's a great question. And uh, oftentimes when you build one product to serve everybody, you don't serve anybody, <laughs> you know, because you have diluted the product so much that nobody finds value in it. Uh, so a couple of things I'll share uh, in terms of principles. Um, uh, I think it is absolutely, it is our thesis, and I strongly believe in this thesis, that the next 100 million people who will onboard to Web3 would care less to learn about the technology foundation. You know, would kill even less than the first 100 million that came on board as an example. And it's really important because they're coming here to buy a piece of NFT, buy art, buy music. And they, they're coming here because that is what, what represents them. They're not interested in learning about the details and the jargons behind the technology. So it becomes really important that for the next 100 million users, we simplify the technology drastically. And so we are focused on doing two things. One is understand who those users are, what what level of comfort they will have with the technology and then abstract away some of the technological terms in ways that they can understand. I'll give you an example of gas fees. You know, I mean, we all know what taxes are, right? I mean, we all know when you buy from Amazon, there's a shipping tax, there's a, a sales tax, et cetera. Can we start to use the language of these uh, customers so we can translate gas, gas into something that they can understand? And you can do that in the product UI, you can do in the language you describe it, as opposed to using very technically heavy jargony kind of languages that may or may not appeal to this audience. So that's an example, Matt, where you can take complex topics, but translate that in a language that they understand. For the people who are already familiar with crypto and are willing to do uh, go through the, to the hoops to actually buy that, I would still argue nobody will resist a better solution there. <laughs> Even though they're comfortable setting up a wallet, et cetera, et cetera, if you come, come up with a better solution, they will still love it because right? it's making it easier, right? So what we're starting with are people, the next 100 million users that we want to bring to the uh, NFT ecosystem, excessively focused on how do we make it simple for them and familiar for them so they can feel not alienated in this new world, and on the other side, for the artists and creators, we want to build tools and systems that will empower and unleash creativity very easily. So, for example, when you want to mint something, when you want to actually list it uh, and manage your auctions, you want to make that experience very, very simple for a creator. So you can focus on actual music. You can actually focus on the creation and not worry about how to manage all this stuff, how to split royalties. How do I make sure that the royalty comes to me in the right way? Whole abstract away all of those things. So that's our focus, Matt, as opposed to focusing on the power users who already understand crypto right now, because we know this product will work for them as well um, over time. 
Absolutely love that. No, and I think it's uh, critical for the education and onboarding. And in that vein, as, as we kind of come towards a close, um, I mean, 2022, like we're just kind of coming off the end of what was a, a, a truly explosive year for NFTs. And I think if anything, that was amidst a landscape of products with horrible usability, candidly, from, from a mainstream adoption perspective. I think this is a very necessary stepping stone in the process. And generally, when you think about early adopters of technology, these are the people willing to, to push through the different pain points in the suboptimal user experience. But I think in tandem, we've been seeing lots of really fascinating builders build and, and lay foundations that will bring on the, the mainstream market uh, like yourself. So when we think about like 2022, what's... Um, What's your outlook as far as just the, the general continued growth and adoption for the, the space and how it penetrates different industries? Yeah, I think, uh, look, I mean, um, it's very hard to break anything in crypto because it's such a <laughs> fun ride. You know, I'll just, just stay at that fun ride. You know, it's a fun ride. It's hard to predict. But if, I, if, if all things being equal, I would say you should see um, a couple of things materialize in 2022. One is I think you're going to see uh, a lot more people willing to experiment and participate in the different genres of NFT. Like I'm, I'm very bullish. You're going to see someone who's excited about music coming in. You're going to see someone about who's excited about Board Ape Yacht Club coming in as well. But at the same time, they, 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 you will see much more vertical use cases happen in 2022. So that's one prediction I have. By end of 2022, we will not just be talking about PFPs. <laughs> we'll be talking about a bunch more. You know, uh, uh, the, the second thing I would say is that I think the the idea of uh, social and NFT will truly manifest in 2022. You know, we will truly see products embrace the social layer of connecting followers or fans with artists in every platform. I, I, I my prediction is by end of 2022, there is nothing like eBay in Web3 meaning a pure e-commerce experience, you know, like uh, uh, every e-commerce experience will have a social layer around it as well. So that's what I'm predicting as well. So you will see everybody. And again, I'm not saying they will go full length, but they will bring elements of social where you discover things through people. Your discovery vector is not just search, but Sam, Matt, and Alejandro. And I discover through them and I'm able to build my community over there. Uh, and the last thing I'll, I'll leave you all with is like, uh, um, hopefully, um, if everything goes uh, well with the with the wallet technology that's being invented, um, people's comfort level with custodying million dollar worth of NFTs will become very they'll become very comfortable with that. This idea that they 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 hack they get hacked etc will continue to happen, just like it happens in Web two as well. Right? I mean, you go to a random website, they can drain, they can install bad shit on your laptop, right? That's 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 happening over there, but you feel comfortable still browsing the internet. I think more and more people will feel much more comfortable browsing the NFT ecosystem because both the, the platforms and the wallet technology will get superior and superior. And when, what you hold in your wallet will become much more safer over time. Tanjan, what an incredible interview. And thank you so much for the insights, the forward-looking uh, aspects of this huge movement within Coinbase. So uh, we really appreciate your time. You're always a guest always welcomed on our on, on the podcast uh we'd love to have you once this things goes live so we can navigate the world in terms of deeper like nuances and getting a little bit more tactical in terms of usability and things of that nature um you know your thoughts on product and product development were really really golden uh today so really appreciate your time and 
Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, folks. Damn, that was a great conversation, man. Sanchan uh, with the bars. No, Sanchan is a very, very incredible, super smart person. I think it's uh, great to have somebody that has this foundational level of human-centered design, design thinking at the forefront of such an impactful product. I think there's no doubt that when Coinbase rolls out their NFT product, this very much will be the, the on-ramp for millions of people. I think, Matt, you, you said it very well. And they, like this, so Coinbase was the first place many people bought crypto, going to be the first place where many people bought their NFT. And I, I think just having this intuitive, this seamless user experience at the forefront, but then also paying homage and making sure that it's not just this big centralized company trying to monopolize the whole landscape and going directly against the ethos of the whole Web3 movement and making sure that it is an open platform and that, that, that it does uh, leverage a lot of the, the core ethos and functionality of what a decentralized web can look like um, with Coinbase's just resources helping make this possible. So really excited and inspired me. What stood out to you guys? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that uh, the fact that, you know, it's going to be multi-chain, the fact that he named a number of chains that are going to be on it, I'm sure that's going to be exciting news for for those uh, for those ecosystems as well. I think that uh, just like just like we've seen um, Coinbase, uh, you know, listings really uh, materially affect markets. I think, you know, different projects and different chains getting added to Coinbase NFT are, are also going to be a really significant thing to, to, to keep an eye on as we move forward, because it's going to open those ecosystems up to the masses. Um, be really interesting to see if this changes how uh, users view, for example, Solana NFTs, Tezos NFTs when they're all together in, in one place. And we know that's a trend that's going to be affecting other uh, major marketplaces uh, outside of just Coinbase as well. Yeah, very spot on, Matt. And to me, what really stood out was like the intentionality behind Coinbase NFT marketplace. Like, uh, you know, he was mentioning to us that he spoke to so many creators, like hundreds of creators, hundreds of artists, hundreds of platformers, collectors. Like, I, there's so much intentionality behind that. And, you know, us being in the space, we've heard from the grapevine, from our friends, our colleagues, or, you know, that they've been asked by Coinbase to go in and give feedback. So a, what he was saying was actually actually backed up by the community in our independent conversations. And really, I love the curation that he brings to product development and the intentionality around the three-click uh, concept is really, really powerful. You know, the, when you go on Coinbase, you buy that uh, that crypto, it's in three clicks. I never realized how seamless that was until he called it out. So having that seamless ability to be able to purchase an NFT, you know, I'm just kind of excited to see what my sister does with it because my sister is kind of like my canary in in, in in the cave. So if my sister buys her first NFT to Coinbase, then we'll know that we've definitely hit the beginning of mainstream. Super excited for that. Yeah, well, uh, there it is. There you have it. Uh, I couldn't necessarily spill the beans as far as the, the release timing, but we know that it's coming soon and we'll uh, leave it at that. But I appreciate you all for tuning in as always. We'll be back next week. Until then, we out.